In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Park Howell is a business story strategist, speaker, and founder of Parking Company, an award-winning brand and creative consultancy based in Phoenix, Arizona. Park is also an instructor at Arizona State University in their Executive Masters for Sustainability and Leadership program and is host of the fantastic podcast series, The Business of Story. Welcome, Park. How are you today? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me here. It is so great to have you on the show, and I'm really excited to share your story with our listeners. So I only gave a very brief introduction, so I was wondering if we could start by having you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your podcast, and share your career journey with our listeners. Absolutely. Be happy to. Um, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, just north of Seattle. Uh, went to school at Washington State University, and I literally came down to Phoenix in 1985 to drink beer and play golf for a month with a buddy. <laughs> Sounds and, like a good reason to go to Phoenix. Oh, it was awesome because, of course, it was. Uh, I had just recently graduated. I couldn't find a job in the Seattle area at the time. It was uh, in quite a recession, yeah. and I was literally cutting firewood and selling firewood for $50 a cord um, out of by, you know, by where I grew up in a place called the Happy Age, my parents' uh, 12-acre place up there that was at that time surrounded by forests. So um, did a lot of firewood cutting and I got tired of that, came down here, played golf and it was April and it was absolutely magnificent. Mm. So when I ran out of beer money and golf money, I told my buddy who I came down with, I said, you know, I'm going to see if I can get a job here. Uh, and he headed back to Seattle I threw some resumes out, and within five days, I had a job as a writer for a PR firm. Wow. Um, and so I've been in the advertising, marketing, communications world for 30 years. 20 of those years, I've run my own ad agency called Parking Company, and uh, have worked with clients here around the country, and I've had a chance to work with some folks you know, around the world. And I really cut my teeth working for small agencies. Everything from being a writer to account executive to sometimes I had to play attorney, even though I've never had you know any law experiences and getting you know collections made, media buying, but that really um, got me positioned to be able to run my own agency. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's the short version anyway. Who, who would have thought just a, a beer and golf trip would have led to such a robust <laughs> career? <laughs> yeah, well, I met my wife and then three kids later and uh, a, a thriving agency. And I just never got back up to Seattle. Although I will tell you, my folks still live up there going strong. And my dad just turned 90 at the first part of March oh, earlier this year. Um, and they're doing great. I come from a very large family. There's seven of us kids. And uh, they're all, a lot of them still live up there. So we get back to Seattle quite a bit. And I got to tell you, John, one of my favorite quotes that uh, my dad used to tell us as kids is we would all gather around the table and my mom would put out, you know, the spread ready to eat for dinner. And we, of course, were ready to dive in. And he said he only had one rule at the dinner table, and that was you had to keep one foot on the floor. Mm. Everything else went. <laughs> and so that was his way, I think, of saying, go out and get what you're looking for in this life, but be you know, honest and fair and loyal, brave, you know, kind and true in that process. Happy birthday to your dad. I think that's the best advice you can get. I mean, seriously, that's fantastic. Well, Park, tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast, because I, I absolutely love it. And I was introduced to it through a mutual friend and guest of ours, Jen Grisanti, who we had on Moving Forward, who I think the world of. And I, you know, once she introduced me to the podcast, I, I started 
started listening to it. And I highly recommend that our listeners tune in as well. Oh, thank you very much. It's called Business of Story, and you can find it at businessofstory.com or certainly on iTunes or, or Stitcher. And John, let me give you a quick little backstory because it was actually brought to my attention how I actually arrived at where I am today. Very, very interesting journey. When I was a kid, I, uh, my mom and dad took us to a musical in downtown Seattle. And uh, uh, the, the guy, uh, Bobby Sherman, remember Bobby Sherman? Might be a little bit before your time. He was Keith Partridge of the Partridge Oh, family. that's right. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's he why the was, name rung a bell. Yes. Exactly. And I was at the time, I don't know, I mean, seventh grade, sixth grade, something like that. And he was singing um, a, a Jim Cohen uh, musical, uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy. And it blew me away. I was just like the artistry of it, the music of it. And anyways, at the time, I was also taking piano lessons and writing a lot of music as a kid. I mean, I don't know how many kids write music. I was just into it. Went to Washington State, as I mentioned, studied communications, but also got a degree in music composition and theory. I literally was walking by the music department every day. Um, I didn't find that the communications curriculum was that tough on me. So I thought, well, while I'm here, I may as well take some, um, you know, music writing courses, you know, take advantage of this. And I ended up getting a degree in music composition and theory before I got my journalism PR degree. Anyway, now fast forward to uh, the podcast, which we launched last July. What I have learned is the thing that really has driven me throughout my career in advertising marketing, and I work um, and teach uh, sustainability communications in the School of Sustainability at ASU, is my fascination and absolute curiosity around why does creativity work? Mm. And so I saw that with my music and composition theory. I never graduated there thinking I would ever write some great piece. That was never my intent. I was just purely interested in how did Mozart and Bach and Beethoven and the greats write music and how did it work? What was literally, you know, the math behind it? And I found that same thing in story and storytelling and how does story uh, work in our lives to help us, you know, move people to action. And our uh, middle son, Parker, was a big time filmmaker ever since he was a little kid. I taught him how to make stop action films with uh, uh, Legos, Lego men. And so he made a lot of those. And then he was fortunate. He went to a high school called Arcadia High School here in town. Ironically enough, it's the same high school that Steven Spielberg went to. And they have a good, had a really good video slash film program there when he was there. Not because of Spielberg, just because, you know, they had it. And so our son got to film in the, in the local Phoenix uh, uh, film uh, um, contest. He got, he and his buddy got it in there. And then they went on to study film at Chapman University in Orange, California. And now he works as a motion graphics artist in downtown Hollywood. And he works for the networks and agencies and he's written a film. So, I mean, he's really into it. But when he was going to film school, I asked him, you know, since we're paying for your textbooks, would you send them to me when you're done with them? Because I want to know what does Hollywood (laughs) teach you to become a better storyteller and to be able to thrive in that very, very competitive industry? And that was my aha moment because he introduced me to Joseph Campbell. Yes. uh, America's foremost mythologist. And when I studied the hero's journey, this universal structure to story, I realized we were already doing that with our clients. We weren't just we just weren't intentional about it or pragmatic about it. 
So then that really propelled me. This was about 2006, 7, 8. That really propelled me into the study of story, storytelling. Went to Robert McKee's famous four-day screenwriting workshop in the L.A. Sheridan, the LAX Sheridan. My son and I went. He went for the film business. I went for the advertising, marketing, you know, communications business. And so then he, uh, Robert McKee was kind enough. We, he, we sort of befriended each other, and I ended up spending a day with him out at his home in Connecticut and did an, a very initial rough podcast with him. This was four or five years ago. And it then just led me on this journey of me- meeting some really fabulous people, from authors to screenwriters to Jen Grisanti was another one. He, uh, she was referred to me through another screenwriter who has a movie that's coming out with uh, um, Richard Dreyfus here very, very shortly. And that has all led to the business of story. And so what the business of story is is a podcast where I connect what I call story artists, people who make a living actually crafting and telling stories. So their livelihoods are completely reliant on their ability to tell stories. I get them on the show and they share tips and techniques that the rest of us can use to be more persuasive if we're a business leader, if we're a sustainability executive and a marketer, a content marketer, whatever it is, we're all, you know, we're all in the sales business. So if we can do a better job of connecting on very human terms and use this story structure that I learned from uh, Joseph Campbell and I've I've revised, I've made a hybrid of it, I call the story cycle that I use with our clients, that I have found it can have an amazing impact on my clients and my students' ability to connect and uh, really move audiences to action. Absolutely. And you know what I love? I love that you got the twofer from your your son's education. So he got the benefit of studying film. And then you got the benefit of extracting some of those principles to apply, you know, with your clients and in marketing, because I think that's so important. And I've learned that throughout my own journey. I was an actor for a couple of years. And then I was also in business. And I always for the longest time saw those two things as very separate. But now that I'm in this world, doing a podcast, much like you are, I see the connective tissue between between the two. And then if you look at the 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 most successful companies out there, I mean they really start out with the story of their brand. So I think that's absolutely absolutely spot on. So thank you so much for sharing that, Park. Absolutely. You know, at about the same time, John, when I was studying what did Hollywood know about the structure of story, our youngest son, who had been uh, suffering from encephalitis, Mm -hmm. uh, swelling of the brain when he was a young man, um, actually, when he was a sophomore in high school, we had to go in and they did some brain surgery. They went through the top of his noggin and they went down and they opened up this little valve down there. Now, you know, he's doing fantastic. But in the process of all that, of course, I was reading everything I could that I could understand anyways in the brain surgery realm and how our minds function. And it led me also down this path of studying how our brains are absolutely hardwired for story and storytelling. And one of the books it led me to is The Storytelling Animal by Jonathan Gottschall. And just a fabulous book, this cross-section of story structure and our, our cerebral structure and how they work hand in glove for us to make meaning out of the chaos around us. I mean, when it gets right down to it, stories are what make us human. And we use them simply for survival purposes and as meaning-making machines, connecting the dots to make sure we understand what in the world is happening about us. Absolutely. Well, Park, as someone who does so much, how do you get inspired each morning to conquer the day? So let's start <laughs> the story with the, with your morning. <laughs> uh, 
<clears throat> you know, I, I guess I have to go back to my dad one more time. He's just amazing, amazing guy. He uh, was a civil engineer, heavy construction business. He retired when he was 60, 65. And, you know, he's led a really great life, very, very creative. But he was also the product of the Depression era in North Dakota. Mm. And to give you an example, he said one Christmas, it was 20 below out, and he got one gift and that was a pair of gloves, mittens, that his aunt had made for him. Wow. And he said it was the best gift he had ever had. So this was a guy that went from nothing to build you know, quite a life for himself. And he always told us, and he says, you know, if you don't pick up that shovel, somebody else will. So I never have had a hard time getting motivated when I get out of bed because I still hear that in the back of my head. It's showing up every day, you know, it's working hard and it's finding balance. And I think, John, the biggest challenge I've had is really finding balance, knowing when to put the shovel down yeah. or knowing when not to pick it up at all and go and enjoy yourself. And what I do then in that case is I've found meditation. I do a lot of meditation and I do yoga. I used to be working out quite a bit and I had uh, some back challenges and surgery last year and I found I couldn't push it like I used to. But I have found yoga and meditation to be very amazing in the morning to help me find that balance and that motivation to move forward. Um, and so I highly recommend it, even if you know your listeners have never done meditation before, or they're thinking, ah, that's a little too woo-woo for me. It's really pretty incredible. You start with 10 minutes a day, and you will find your pace with it, and it uh, it really has a major impact for me and, and a lot of my friends that uh, do the same. Yeah, I, I think that's that's absolutely critical. Having those those moments where it's it's just me time where you're just shutting out all of the noise of the world especially with social media with digital media which i'm a big proponent of but i really think it is important to have those moments where you're just resetting and calming the mind so i think that's really critical no, without question mm -hmm. well mark this leads me perfectly to my next question so as you well know having spent the majority of your career immersed in understanding story you know that part of the career and entrepreneurial story is facing setbacks and failures. So I was wondering if you could share with our listeners a time when you failed or faced a setback that taught you a valuable lesson about when it's the right time to pivot or shift course. Mm, yes, you know, without conflict and that very change in direction you're talking about, you have no stories. So we all are beset with conflict in our lives, but really they are meant to sharpen us and move us forward. So I will, I guess I'd point to my most recent one. As I mentioned earlier, I've been in the ad business for 30 years. And I've had my own agency for 20 years. And we've had a lot of successful campaigns and we've had a few mediocre missteps and that occasional spectacular failure along the way, but that just means we're trying. But John, things have changed so dramatically. Uh, when I started out, literally, you had TV, radio, print, outdoor, public relations, events, and that was about it. The business was really easy in that respect. As digital grew, as technology flattened the landscape, and brands no longer own the influence of mass media because the masses are now the media, mm. I have found that my agency started having some real challenges because we were no longer the go-to agency for our clients. Our clients weren't looking for full service anymore. They were looking for specialization. And so we tried to find that specialization, and we, like everybody else, dove headlong into digital to try to figure out what that was. Uh, we figured it out, but couldn't figure out how to make any money at it because they could be doing a lot of this stuff as you know on their own. 
Um, as we then flexed our muscles and brand strategy and traditional advertising marketing, uh, dollars for TV, radio, print kept dwindling. And so we found ourselves kind of in a midlife crisis of what, what do I do with this agency? All the while where I had this real passion burning inside of me for consulting, teaching, and coaching individuals, leadership, you know, leaders and brand consultants on story and how they can really use it. Now, also, mind you, John, I was doing this at the time that story became the soup du jour of every ad agency. And every ad agency is, you know, we're great storytellers. And rightly so, they should be because they get paid to tell stories on behalf of their clients. I found it more interesting, fascinating, and in a nice niche pivot, if you will, is to not just go in and tell you know, the, uh, the, the clients that we were good storytellers, but to show them. Mm. I can actually teach you how to do it too. And a few things came out of that, certainly the relationship and the building of the a personal brand for that individual, but also made our campaigns more successful. Because when they were handling a lot of their internal communications um, and, and using story along the same way we were doing it, we found that we had more success with the campaign. Uh, but even having said that, I just found um, at you know halfway through last year that I just wasn't into the ad agency biz anymore. And it kind of was heartbreaking to me. Yeah. You know, I worked with our staff. I wound down the agency. Um, we went from 18 to 12 to now me in a, the 1099 economy. And I'm still working with a number of the people that worked with me uh, as freelancers. I've got a re remarkable creative director in Lu Luis Medina, and he and I are still working together on some things and some of my other staff who have chosen to go the freelance route. But it was really hard. Um, and I was like chin up because I felt like I failed at the ad agency business. But at the same time, I had to create a new clearing uh, for this new opportunity of what I'm doing in this last, I won't even say chapter, but I will say the last volume of my uh, my uh, professional career. You know, I just turned 55 this past Valentine's Day. Thank you. I get to buy my wife a, a present every day on my, um, every one of my birthdays, but it's great. But you know, at this age, I have found I've got all this wisdom and really my passion is to help people, individuals and leaders, you know, with their stories. But I got to tell you, it's been a hard transition for me personally. And in fact, I did call my folks up and finally come clean with them in November saying it's just not working anymore. I'm trying something new. I'm going this way. And I'll tell you, I actually, for the first time since I was probably a sixth grader, literally broke down in tears when I was telling them. Wow. And I came and I came out of that thinking, why? Why was I crying? Why was it? But I think it was so emotionally pent up inside of me that I felt like it was a bit of a failure to close it down after um, 20 years. But in reality, I didn't close it down. I just pivoted and I created this new simplified way of doing business so that I can do what I really, really love. And that is focus on teaching coaching and consulting business leaders and communicators on how to ignite that one true superpower we all have. And that's the power of storytelling. I love that. Park, just a couple of knowledge bursts that you've shared with our listeners. First of all, I love the fact that, you know, having spent so many years and it's not a chapter, it was a volume for you in traditional media. And mm -hmm. then having to see the environmental shifts, the market shifts and the technology shifts, you, you allowed yourself to mourn. And I think that is important. You know, when, when you face a really big fit, uh, setback or failure, there is that mourning process. But then 
after that, like you said, the new clearing allowed you to pivot into a new course to evolve and to take what you had learned, the fundamentals of what you'd learned about storytelling, because that's never going to change, right? You know, the, right. The, the media may change, but the fundamentals of what drives us and draws us to story, that will always be constant. That's just part of human nature. And I love that you were able to just evolve that and adapt it to the new media. So I think that's really, really critical. Well, you're dead on, John. I mean, it's been around since the beginning of time, and all you have to do is look at the apostles, Aristotle to the apostles, Shakespeare to Spielberg to Red Bull. I mean, they all use a basic story structure. And Joseph Campbell, not only has he been a mentor of mine, even though he's been dead since 87, uh, his writing and his work is really fascinating because it's not only about story structure, but it's about philosophy and how do we get along as human beings. And I keep hearkening back to a couple different things that he says, his, his little pearls, and one of them I love. And it is just simply, if you find yourself falling, dive. Mm. I, you know, I mean, it says get over the fear. Yeah. If you're falling, chances are it's the universe pushing because you were doing something you weren't supposed to do. Not that it was, you know, a bad thing, but yeah. maybe you were heading off in an uh, ill-advised direction and you stumble, you fall, you know, you, <laughs> you bloody your nose. Um, but it was his way of saying pay attention to that fall and then dive into it, embrace it, you know, embrace the ambiguity of it and see what comes out of the other side. The other line that I love from him is, you know, follow your bliss. And he says, the thing about following your bliss is it does lead you into a forest where there literally is no trail. You are going to forge your own trail and it's going to be scary and you're going to get beat up along the way and you're going to have to take on a lot of demons and dragons. But if you truly follow the bliss, what is you're most passionate about in life it's going to work out, and it's going to work out in a very grand, epic way. You just got to believe and hang in there and keep going for it. And I think I felt that or am feeling that a little bit with my new platform of Business of Story. Um, but great people like you have been inviting me on to a lot of different podcasts to talk about it because uh, I think story and just this universal structure and how our, bro- how our minds yield helplessly to the suction of story, as Jonathan Gottschall says in his amazing book, um, just has everybody, a lot of people fascinated and captivated about it, especially in the business world when it is so hard to cut through the attention economy and the cacophony of communications that's happening online. It's it's ironic to me that if you go back and use the basic, universal, ancient, proven power of storytelling, that it does enable us to cut through the technological advances that we've created this noise in our life from. Absolutely. Well, Park, we're now going to move into the Knowledge Burst session. And this is where our guests share three game-changing resources and tips that our listeners can start using today to move forward. So I'm excited to ask you this, Park. As someone who has studied media and story, I'd like you to pick one. This may be tough, but pick one and share with our listeners a particular movie, book, song, and I'm going to add to this cultural experience that inspired you to move forward. To move forward. Okay, so let's go. Um, one of my favorite movies 
of all time is Amadeus. And oh, I think it goes movie. back. Oh, <laughs> it's just just fabulous storytelling. Mozart is one of my personal favorites. You know, he was truly the first pop rock artist in uh, in classical music. He brought classical music to the masses in a very, very fun way. And when you study his music, it is mind-boggling. It is like he was literally touched from heaven. Absolutely. I think Amadeus did a wonderful job of capturing that and just some of the tips and techniques and tricks they used in that movie in making it and then helping you get inside of Mozart's head. To me, after having studied him for so long, I thought they did a phenomenal job. So I plugged that in once or twice a year. I mean, it's the one movie I have watched more than any other movie. And it's, to me, it's just very uplifting. And I, it, it just speaks to me. Yeah. Um, now, I, I was introduced to a book uh, in the last year, I guess. It's called The Daily Edge uh, by David Horsager. I'm not sure if I said his name quite right. It's, it's H-O-R-S-A-G-E-R. And The Daily Edge is the most efficient book I've ever read on being efficient. <laughs> and he, um, it, he's got 33 chapters, I think, or something like that. And each chapter is two pages long. So he gives you these little bite-sized morsels. And the thing I took away from that, um, John, is these different making actions. And you write them on a little post-it every morning or the night before, ideally. And then you uh, come in and you knock those off before 11 a.m. in the morning. And he points out that you can get a complete day's worth of work done before 11 a.m. if you follow this very, very simple little procedure. So I found that's helped me because I'm going in 9 million different directions. But when I get really honest with myself and say, what are the difference-making actions I need to take today? Write them down a little post-it because you keep it short and sweet to the point. Check those off as you go. I found that to be a hugely uh, powerful productivity technique, tip, tool, whatever. That's fantastic. Park, share a daily practice or habit for prioritizing and managing your time. Ah, this just started, um, and it's really worked. It's a it's a pain in the ass, I'll tell you, but it really <laughs> works. Um, I teach, as I mentioned, an, an executive master's for sustainability leadership program. I teach storytelling to executives from around the world to help them advance their missions further faster in the social realm, social cause realm. One of my co-professors named uh, Dr. Kevin Gazera, he is a leadership guru, and he's been doing it a long time, came up through Intel, and now he teaches all across the country on leadership, and he's written a book. And anyways, he said, hey, and we happen to teach simultaneously. Our classes go side by side. So um, he and I become good friends and colleagues over the last couple of years. Anyways, he um, said, Park, let's do a daily accountability call. Oh, wow. And we take 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes it goes into a half hour. And it's either 8.30 or 9 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday. And at first I thought, uh, I, I'm, I'm never going to be able to pull this off. But I had to be accountable to my accountability call. <laughs> yes. Wow. And even if it's only five minutes, John, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And what I will do is, you know, we'll both get on. And I'll say, Kevin, I got, I got 10 minutes today. And he says, okay, great. You go first. I say, here's what my difference making actions are. Here's what I'm going to do. And here's what I'm, and how, here's how it plays to my 90 day plan. And here are a few other things that I, I got to take care of. And then he will do the same. And then, then when we've got time, we call each other out and say, okay, I think you've got too much on your plate, not enough on your plate. Mm. What happened to this? And I found just that one-on-one, mono-a-mono, quick phone call, accountability call every single day, Monday through Friday, has really made a big difference for me. Now, I'm a little bit more efficient, 
but I'm much more aware of where my inefficiencies are and allows me to work on those, on how to push those aside and get back to literally the 20% of the activities that leads to the 80% of my productivity. Yeah. And that's that's been really, really helpful. Anybody can do it with anyone. You don't need to have a PhD leadership coach to do this. You can, It can be a spouse. It can be a friend. It can be a colleague. All you have to do is do it every day. Yeah. And it really, really makes a difference. Oh, that's fantastic. I may actually have to steal that one. That is fantastic. I love that. Hey, Park, share a favorite app, website, and I'm going to add to this productivity hack that was the game changer for you. <laughs> well, what if I what if I told you I don't have one? And here's here's the thing. I've tried them all. I really have. And I built what's called I call my toolopolis. It is just this menagerie of tools and things online, and I've not ever found any one of them work very well, And I, for me anyways. And I go back to, I love a little Sharpie pen uh-huh. and a little yes. notebook, and I write and I scribble, and I got them everywhere, but I always have one by my <laughs> side. So I am decidedly non-tech when it comes to that sort of thing. And then um, what I will say is uh, podcasts. Uh, probably my favorite app is simply my podcast app that puts them all in one place so that when I'm working out or doing driving or whatever, I can listen. Um, and I, I typically, I found now I listen to a lot less music and a lot more podcasts because I find people very interesting and the content I pull down from has helped me, you know, productivity and whatever. But, um, yeah, I, mine's my, a good old fashioned Sharpie and a notepad. Yeah. Yeah, well, I love I love the practice that you mentioned earlier about the uh, the sticky notes. You know, just it, it allows you to focus and really prioritize and crystallize. You know, what are your top priorities? Yeah, yeah, and they're tangible. I don't know if you find that, John, with um, you know, technology. Technology to me isn't always that tangible. I'll type it and it'll reside on my yeah. screen or in the palm of my hand, but I don't feel like I still have it. I got that sticky note, you know, sticking to the back of my, uh, my arm as I grab my coffee, then I got a sense of, oh yeah, I got to get this done. Um, make, yeah. makes a difference for me anyway. Well, there's a reason why they call it in the cloud, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Those are fantastic knowledge bursts. Thank you so much for sharing those Park. Hey, moving forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Park, we have listeners from uh, many different backgrounds and many different parts of the world, and some of them may be struggling to find their passion, their purpose, or to get on the right path as a protagonist in their own career story. So what is the one thing that Moving Forward listeners can start doing today to bring them closer to their career or life's purpose? Yeah. Give yourself permission to do it. You know, when we are raised... Um, this that that storyteller inside of us is really silence. We're at the top of our game when we're in kindergarten, but you know the education system silences us in us. Cor- corporate cultures, social constructs, political correctness. Now these microaggression moments. I mean, everything is telling us to be quiet, to reserve ourselves, to sit back and just you know draw within inside the circles and the lines. And I say, give yourself permission to follow what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know, as Campbell says, follow your bliss. 
and then give it your time and give it your love like you do your, your friends and family around you. So if you are in a dead end job and you are, you know, yeah, pushing papers for somebody and you really want to open your yogurt stand and that's your life's mission, then by all means, you have to schedule. Don't go find the time, make the time every single day and put that at the top of your difference making uh, activities. One thing every day. And when you start following your bliss, you will find that all of a sudden the universe will start opening doors where there are only walls before and things will start happening for you. But I think it comes down to that one guiding light is give yourself permission to go after what you really want. Because chances are, you know, all your loved ones with the best of intentions will try to keep you from harm. And are you sure you really want to do that? Are you sure that's really smart right now? You're making pretty good money. Do you, are you sure you really want to go over there? And they just put that little sense of doubt, yeah. that imp of the perverse voice inside of us <laughs> that keeps us from going after it. So it, it's a permission thing. And you have to be able to give yourself permission to follow your dream, follow Absolutely. what you're passionately curious about. And I love that combined with your productivity hacks, especially the accountability, buddy. I think that really can help you once you've given yourself permission. It'll allow you to make those steps to find and to follow exactly what it is you are passionate about, what gets you up in the morning excited and what lights you up. So I think those are really, really fantastic. Yeah. Park, what is next for you? Well, um, I have got many, many irons in the fire. So what is next with me is continuing to grow the work I'm doing at Arizona State University with our new cohort and teaching not only here but around the world on how to use story uh, to help advance your causes. My podcast I just dearly love. It's gone to now become a weekly thing, and so I continue to find robust, you know, really interesting guests to put on that and keep growing that. Um, a, a good friend of mine and partner in this is Jay Bear of Convince and Convert, and they handle the production and distribution of it, which has gotten me, you know, the, a, a very large audience very quickly. And in fact, right after we're done here, Jay happens to be in town. I'm going to go out and sit with him on a strategy session. So it's growing my platform at Business of Story so that I can be working one-on-one -on -one and with brands um, to help them truly understand what their story is and to grow that. And I guess uh, it might sound a little trite, but I like to think of myself as sort of that Pied Piper of story, that it really <laughs> does work, but you have to first yeah. understand your story as that business owner, founder. What is your origin story? Then number two, what is your brand story? How do those two then align? What is your uh, the story of your employees and stakeholders? And then finally, what is the story of your customers? Mm. So having said all that, what's next for me is to go from an agency mindset to very much of a consulting mindset um, and help people wherever I can through workshops, through speaking engagements and one-on-one -on -one consulting, as well as all the tools, uh, the free tools that I have online at businessofstory.com that people can go and start getting familiarized with story structure and how they can use it in their own lives. So yeah, that's that's what I'm doing, building yeah. out that platform, basically. You've come a long way from beer and golf, I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> Which lead to great stories, absolutely, by the way. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Fantastic. Park, how can our listeners connect with you? Well, uh, businessofstory.com, or certainly if they would like to send me an email, they, it's simply my first name, Park, P-A-R-K, at businessofstory.com. That's the best way. Uh, tune into the podcast. Go to iTunes, track down Business of Story. And of course, if you like what you hear, 
please give me a rating and a review. If you don't like what you hear, just send me an email and tell me what you don't <laughs> like, and I'll fix it. I promise you. And uh, that's really those are the two best ways to reach me. And um, I've got you know telephone numbers and all that on the, the website. And I'm always happy to talk to anyone who has an interest in furthering their own personal and professional story, not just in story structure, but understanding the philosophy behind it and to help them realize that they are literally living a story right now. And it's the same hero's journey that Joseph Campbell identified across cultures that has been around since the beginning of time. And why we enjoy the movies is it's simply a reflection or mirror of the life that we're currently leading. So anywhere I can help people with that, I'm, I'm happy to do so. Very good. Park, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners so they can move forward with their story. Well, thank you. It's just been an absolute honor to be here with you, John. I appreciate it. And remember, listeners, you can find more information on Park and all of our extraordinary guests at bemovingforward.com. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This is John Lim with Moving Forward, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.